Hey y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is volume Randy Moss. That would be 84. Is Randy Moss the greatest number 84 of all time? Is that, so Moss is 84? I'm trying to think. Uh, the Marcus, Marcus Spears Ware. was number 84 at the Louisiana State University. He was. The Marcus Ware with the Cowboys. It's pretty That's good. True. He's no Randy Moss, but. Was the Marcus Ware number 84? Was he 94? He was 94, oh. I think, man. All right, so in 10 episodes. Dick Trickle is number 84. Was he? He was. Well, there's your great that. There's your great AJ Allmendinger was number 84. Yeah, he was number 84 with the Red Bull Racing Toyota squad. Yeah. Man, that was a that was a rough go. I think Jody Ridley for a minute was 84. No one, I'm going to make y'all Google him. I feel like 84 is always the race car like in the kids' books because NASCAR won't give anybody <laughs> rights to use numbers. <laughs> So it's like, you know, it's number 26 yeah. or what, number right. 62 and number 84. Yeah. All those cars because, uh, there's no licensing rights towards those cars, at least that we know of. Maybe Jody Ridley still holds the <laughs> Maybe rights. Maybe Jody Ridley's is the best I can come up with. I know, you know AJ Allmendinger definitely ran it for a minute. It's a former Heisman winner, but they can't get his jersey cleared. And so Eddie George has got a, like a, just a, a, a dark red jersey on it just says state across the chest, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we were going to hold off, uh, at least I was, doing a Marty and McGee type of podcast. But for a couple of reasons that are very important, I have uh, audibled from that perspective because, number one, um, we have huge news. Our buddy Tua Tagovailoa has announced that he's going to the NFL, and so we have to discuss that. Number two, uh, which is ironically this one of the reasons that I wasn't going to do it is a reason that I should do it, and that is that there's going to be Marty and McGee from the College Football Playoff National Championship in New Orleans, Louisiana, so I figured why shouldn't we go ahead and promote that. Why not? Because Travis, and we're really good we're at promoting not, ourselves. Well, we're not talking about the College Football Playoff on this uh, podcast. Not a lot. Why not? I, I can't talk about it. I'm sorry. Well, you'll, we'll, we'll discuss your <laughs> – Depression. Right. We'll discuss that. It's, well, it's we can have fault. a therapy session. Yeah, it's, it's McGee's fault. My bad. We can have a therapy session. Travis's Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, they didn't get it done against Clemson Tigers, and Travis is not happy about that. Uh, Buckeye Nation, not very happy about that. We could get into all of the details as to why. I don't know whether or not we should because it's really, uh, uh, well, pissing upstream is what it is. <laughs> Was that a targeting foul? I don't know. Was that a fumble and a recovery and a touchdown? I don't know. My sources tell me that McGee actually paid the refs off because of oh, his, yeah. because oh, of his, he his, did. his SEC bias. And he, his dad, being a former official, right. created the avenue. So that's what my oh, yeah. uh, my sources have told me. It's like, you know, I used to work at NASCAR. Marty and I both worked at NASCAR. We both were on the payroll of the National Association of Stock Car Automobile Racing at some point. And, uh, and he and okay. I both were in the meetings where we'd sit there. And say, all right, who should win this weekend? And we come up with a whole plan. And the same thing happens with the college football playoff. I'm in these meetings, uh, not just with ESPN, but also with former officials. And I'm like, all right, what can we do here? And I always stand up right at the end of the meeting and go, what can we do here to screw Ohio State? Because that's my whole job goal every day when I wake up. <laughs> I mean, from my seat, man, it sure did look like a fumble recovery touchdown. But, again, we're not going down that rabbit hole because, at this point, it doesn't really matter. Uh before we get too far down the line, I want to remind you guys to subscribe, rate, and review to the Marty Smith's America podcast. It's very important to us that you guys offer us feedback, what you like, what you don't like, some guests you might want to hear from, and rate us, and rate us well, because that 
allows our sponsors to know that their investment is a worthy one. Because they invest in us, you guys get to listen free. And we appreciate them all so much. So please subscribe, rate, and review. And make sure you all check out our sister podcasts on the Levitard and Friends Network, including Stupidity with our guy Stugatz. Who knows what he's talking about? Check it out. It's always hilarious, always insightful. He has a merry band of idiots, including myself, on often. And y'all will laugh a lot. Check it out. Stupidity on the Levitard and Friends Network. Man, as it pertains to transcendent players that McGee and I get to cover in this amazing job that with which we've been blessed, very few of them have the spirit and the talent and the transcendence that Tua Tongavailoa had at the University of Alabama. Three seasons, of course, he uh, came off the bench in the very first national championship in which he played, the 2017 game against the Georgia Bulldogs, and threw the most famous pass in Alabama football history. And it was a dart to Devontae Smith in the end zone and overtime to beat the Georgia Bulldogs and hand Nick Saban yet another national championship. And from there, uh, he was a Heisman finalist as a sophomore, ultimately lost out to Kyler Murray in that race and was injured. And then as a junior was injured yet again, and he's still nursing that hip injury. He doesn't really know uh, what sort of timeline he's looking at now when he can get back and really be the Tua that we know. Uh, he said during his press conference that doctors really wouldn't have a clear vision on his recovery timeline until the two- or three-month mark, and that's quite some time off. So um, I just appreciate the young man. He has a spirit that has really impacted me. It's impacted McGee. It's impacted everybody at Alabama. And, you know, Coach Saban, you don't, you don't hear him gush love for a whole lot of guys, but he made it real clear that he loves Tua and that Tua has had a tremendous impact on his life personally, not just as a player. Yeah, I was trying to think while while I was watching the two, and I, I tweeted this, and this is what got me into a Twitter uh, fight with some Ohio State guy, and the uh, you know whatever, it's just another day. But the uh, but I I tweeted I tweeted out was I said I'm sitting here watching the Tua announcement and trying to think of other players who were so beloved, like by the media by his teammates by his coaches but also by even the fans of the schools that hate the school he just played for mm-hmm. and i thought about peyton and and I, and I also said and someone who never won a heisman you know because you can say that about tebow you can say that about herschel you can say that about a lot of, of, of heisman winners but the guys who didn't win the heisman that's a that's not a long list and i thought about peyton manning um uh several people threw out andrew luck um deshaun watson uh, I thought about Jalen Hurts, um, who obviously was was to his teammate. But it's just, but it's there aren't a lot of guys who are so transcendent that everywhere you go, I, I go out to USC back in August, and they're all like, "Man, that Tua seems like a great guy." I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and you just don't you don't get that a lot about you know. And so I just I was trying to think about that list of guys who didn't win Heisman. He won, and I'm putting this in air quotes, only one national championship. 
and yet you can't find anyone to say anything bad about that kid anywhere. If you drop your Bama hate, if you don't like him, I don't. You just don't like people. Well, that's just it, right? Same with Hurts. You just if you decided you don't like them, same with Deshaun, same with Peyton, same with with all these guys I'm talking about. Andrew, have you ever talked to Andrew Luck? Same thing. If you don't like him, then you just don't like you know good humans. Uh, it's interesting timing talking about Deshaun because he certainly he's in that list. He's the greatest college football player I've ever seen, and with my own eyes that I covered. And watching what he did on Saturday evening in that in that AFC wild card playoff game against the Buffalo Bills was just as good a performance as you're going to see because he put a team on his back and he carried them. And as it as it pertains to spirit and changing a culture and being that guy that changes that culture. Deshaun was most certainly that guy at Clemson. He, they, Dabo was able to land some marquee recruits before Deshaun. He had CJ Spiller, which most Clemson people will tell you was that real first five star stud that came into Clemson, that chose Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. And of course they had that influx of unbelievable wide receivers, Martavis Bryant, Nuke Hopkins, on and on and on. Just an unbelievable wide receiving core. But when Deshaun Watson, showed up at Clemson, it was different. He was the kind of guy that, well, you know, we've all heard, especially in the last couple of days on social media and television and everywhere else, that it was the the, the Michael Jordan comparison was, was reborn from when Dabo was discussing Deshaun before the draft a couple of years ago and said if these teams pass on him, they're passing on Michael Jordan. And a lot of people laughed at that. I wasn't one of those. I remember a, a phenomenal story that Wayne Gallman, the former Clemson running back, told me that they were playing Florida State at home, and it was just bananas. I mean, the the atmosphere was unbelievable. Dalvin Cook had just gashed him on one leg. Dalvin was injured and still had an unbelievable game. And the tomahawk chops going crazy. There's a, a couple of minutes max left in that game. I forget the exact time increment, but they're sucking wind, man. Like these guys have beat the hell out of each other and they're in the huddle. They're waiting to hear the play call and they're just waiting to hear the play call and they're waiting to hear the play call. And Wayne kind of stands up, you know, he's got his kind of hands on his, on his hips and he kind of looks at Deshaun and Deshaun has his back to him and they're like, all right, what, you know, what's, what's the call, man? And Deshaun turns around, and he has this grin on his face, that grin we all know now, that uber-confident meets humility, meets wonderment. And what he said to his teammates was, boys, this is what it's about. This is why we came here. Let's go be great. Let's go win this thing. 80 yards for the rest of your life, they score a touchdown and win the football game. And it's exactly what he said after that game the other night. Somebody has to be great. Why not me? And it's all he's ever known. Greatness is all that guy has ever known. I couldn't – I mean, y'all know how I feel about him. I admire him so much. And Tua's one of those guys that kind of lives in that air – 
for me because of the person that he is away from it all and the way that he impacts every single person around him, not only as a football player, but as a human being because of that spirit. That's a very rare and admirable trait. Yeah, and it's just, and again, it's that word transcendent. And, um, and it's just, uh, it's just a good person. And, and you can tell immediately, and you, you, you say this all the time on the Marty McGee TV show. You did this past fall, and, and I always just sit there and just go, I just go, yes, I agree 100%, which is, you know, I don't, we, we don't focus enough, although I feel like everyone's been better at that this year, but we don't focus enough on what, what just a good bunch of people all these superstars are. I, that Heisman Trophy finalist group this year. I'm sitting there looking at those guys and, and you and I both spent time with all those guys. And, um, and it's just a good group. I mean, if you don't want Joe Burrow to win the Heisman, then you never met him. If you don't want Jalen Hurts to win the Heisman, you've never met him. And, and I, and, and Tua wasn't even there. And everywhere we go, I mean, I think about all the guys that we've had the opportunity to interact with this year, um, particularly in the ACC, SEC just because of the show. And they're all, they're all just good guys. And, and and this has not always been the case, and um, you know I, I think about when I was first on college football sidelines as a kid, and then when I was in college and everywhere else, and you know the percentage I feel like of jerks is lower now than it's ever been because I just don't think you can <laughs> play you, you you can't play the game at the level it needs to be played now and be a dummy. You know what I mean? You you oh, cannot man. sit in that film room and you cannot ingest. A Lincoln Riley or Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney you know, or Ryan Day playbook and, and, and be an idiot. You just can't. You can't just go out there and wing it anymore and be, be a caveman. You just can't. And, and it, you have, you have to be smart. And so that, these guys are. Well, it's a new year and you want to keep growing your team, but you need the right tools to keep hiring streamlined and efficient. How about that, guys? That was awesome. Am I on it or what? So, man. That's where ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty comes in. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes everyone and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That is zero dollars, zero cents at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire and somebody in the NFL is going to get a stud when they choose to choose to a in the NFL draft next April. What they're going to get is I, I try really hard to look at what this guy can do as a passer. And I've always looked at him and said, okay, he's a lot like Drew Brees. And the reason that I feel that way is he has unbelievable accuracy. I mean, the dude, I love what Brian Dable, Brian Dable, the former Alabama offensive coordinator said one time, this is a paraphrase, but it was something like all of them can hit the house. A few of them can hit the door. The select few can hit the doorknob. Tua can hit the keyhole. And the great line. I mean, somebody's going to get that 
We don't know what he's going to be. I mean, you know, we're all sitting here. My presumption is he'll come back and be fine from that hip. But it's a serious injury, man. And so he's not going to have a lot of opportunity to show where he is because the NFL draft is three and a half months from now. What's the date of the draft, Travis? It's somewhere mid-April, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Very good, Travis. That's very good. Very good analysis. That was some good information. Very good research. April 23rd. April 23rd, all right. So somewhere around three, three and a half, somewhere around in there. Yeah. Um, and what, I forget what day, I know the Mississippi State game, I think that was, was it the next to last regular season game? I can't remember when, when exactly that was in the calendar. It was late in the season. It was late in the year because he played against LSU and that game was November 7th, I think. November 16th. November 16th? Was Mississippi State. Okay, November 16th was Mississippi State. So, December 16th, he is six weeks into rehab now, and he said it was going to be three months so or four months during his press conference. He did not specify. He said three and four while he was chatting. So, he's halfway through, halfway to that point at best, and I'm no mathematician, but would it be 25% of the way there if it's four months? I don't know. But he got a long way to go is the point. Yeah, he does. And, and will he be able to show that? He certainly won't be participating in the combine. Isn't it in February? Yeah, the February, it's the combine's, uh, yeah, March. Man, you got me Googling my butt off over here. Well, you, somebody needs to because I'm lazy. He doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't need, like, the, no. com, the combine is, I mean, we're watching players this past weekend that were drafted in second and third round and you go, how the hell do they drop? And because all oh, they had a, they had a bad 40 time. Well, guess what? Go watch them play football. The combine drives me a little crazy too. To me, what the combine. Underwear is, Olympics, right? Yeah, the underwear Olympics. And what the combine has become is that's the place for guys to make a jump who need to make a jump. Like I, the combine is not somewhere that all these guys we've listed, um, to, to me, should have to, you know, suddenly prove their worth to the world. This is where this is the part of the of the football world that drives me bonkers because you know, I we I sit in these press boxes with these NFL scouts, you know, every weekend in the fall and have forever. And those guys are taking notes and they're watching football and they're watching film on airplanes and it's constant, it's nonstop. And then they go back to their office and some guy who has not watched any football except for his team that he works for, some front office guy, will sit there and say, "Well, why, why is why is Dak Prescott good? Why should I believe in that guy? I, I don't I don't like the way he holds his elbow when he's dropping back." And those poor NFL scouts, they tell me all the time, are like, "They just want to go, damn it, watch the games." And that's yeah. the part that drives me crazy when we get to draft time, which is just, but yeah, so. The, the combine is um, – I always go back to Marcus Lattimore. Uh, what was that, six, seven years ago now? And he had that devastating injury. He'd already blown out one left knee, and then he, his other knee was dislocated at the Tennessee game on national television. And again, it's this national outpouring of support for this guy. And I remember he didn't go to the combine, and he could barely run, and he kind of – he just walked through a couple of passing routes at the South Carolina Pro Day. And then he hit the weight bench – and was a machine on that, but could do nothing with his legs because he's still in rehab. And I went with him to, to uh, down to Pensacola, to James Andrews' place, and all that stuff. I'll never forget, he got a standing ovation from 30-something NFL scouts for just walking through a couple of pass routes. 
because they, they just knew what a good person that he was. And so, uh, there'll be plenty of patience when it comes to Tua. Um, because they, they know he's going to put in the work. So I think I'm seeing here. Let me see. I think Devontae Smith just announced he's coming back to Bama. He did. Yeah, he tweeted it out. He tweeted okay, out like during so. the press conference. Okay. <laughs> I was laughing because I'm like, Tua's on national television and, uh, and that dude's probably like sitting at the Chick-fil-A tweeting out, nah, I'm going to come back. <laughs> That's huge for Alabama. Huge. Huge for Alabama, man. I mean, that dude's a ball. Well, and they have Leatherwood coming back. Like they're, yep. the, for the people that are saying that, uh, Bama's dynasty's done, just stop talking. Yeah. So Alabama, Alabama's, uh, they, they, they have completely fallen apart. The wheels are off. It's over. They lost at L, they, they lost to LSU, the number one team in the country by five and, and, and were down, should have, should have cashed in at halftime and still came back and almost won the game. And they lost the Iron Bowl on the road by three. Like we did this when Ohio State beat them. Oh, it's over. It's over. And it's then, over. And then what did they do? They they won one and they went to two other national championships. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And completely reinvented their offense. Yeah. It's they're, they're they're all right. It's interesting when you when you know kind of when, when you look at where they were this season. They they did they beat. I don't want to say they beat themselves. They didn't help themselves at all in either one of those losses. LSU beat them. All right. LSU beat them, but they fumbled in the red zone. They had a bunch of dumb penalties, uh, against Auburn, which, I mean, find me a better nine and three football team ever. Oh, no, no team has ever I mean, ever Auburn had might be the best nine and three team three. ever. Right. And, and so it's not like they had bad losses. The problem that most people look at and say, oh, that's only two teams they played. Uh, they, they had a great year and they ain't going anywhere. It'd be interesting to see who wins that quarterback battle, whether it's Mac Jones or it's Talia Tongavailoa or it's this Bryce Young kid coming in who's that's, the number one ranked team, uh, quarterback in the country. That's why I thought Tua was going to leave. One of the reasons is if he returned, he's basically telling his brother, you're probably not going to start at Bama. Yeah, I think you're the one that tweeted that because I hadn't thought about it. I kept saying, well, he might come back because his brother's still there. And then I think it was you, Travis, who tweeted it out uh, over the weekend while we're all kind of waiting to see what was going to happen. And I thought, oh, yeah, if he comes back, his brother probably won't ever play. Because then Bryce Young would redshirt. And right. with his skills, I'm not saying that his brother isn't good enough, but just reading everything I see, most likely wouldn't. So at least now his brother has a legitimate shot to compete for the starting job next year and win it. And Mac Jones, obviously, the front runner, but you got all of winter camp and summer and fall, like, so now he gets a shot. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, I, I think another thing that probably played into Tua's decision was the fact that Trevor Lawrence will be your number one next year. Uh, you assume Justin Fields will probably come out if he has a, a year similar to what he had this time. And so, I mean, it's just a couple drafts that are, that are stacked with quarterback talent. I wish him the best. He's just a phenomenal person and I hope he's able to heal up. Some team's going to get a complete star and a guy that can change a locker room culture immediately just with his spirit. And, uh, and if he is able to, to come back and play 100%, certainly with his arm. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, fellas. That is what NetSuite by Oracle is set out to solve. Because most companies, 
don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that's why many businesses fail. Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances, all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. No more guessing, no more worry that what you don't know could kill your company. That's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash marty. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash marty. netsuite.com slash m-a-r-t-y. How much more time do you have, son? I got like five minutes. That's what I thought. I appreciate you joining us. No problem. Uh, I feel like we just... You know, solved all the world's problems. Uh, Travis, let's let's spend this last couple of minutes of this podcast letting Travis work through his sorrow. Uh, are you over it yet? No, I'm not over it. I'm not over the 2005 loss to Texas, guys. So, so am I over it? No. Am I moved on? Yes. It was a great year. It was. See, that's what that I think. That's the part that hurts. Is it was an all-time great team that just got beat by an all-time great team. And then that last play, I think, is still running through my mind. I can still visualize Chris Olave making the right cut, and it's a touchdown. I think that's the part. But uh, will I be watching the game Monday night? No, I will not be. You uh, won't watch it at all? No, I didn't watch the 2015 semis or national championship yes, game. I didn't wa- No, I, I Like, why? Like, like what, what's the point in not— It'll just get me going. Well, okay, good. And I didn't watch the 2016 national championship game. You didn't watch the 16 game. Because after Clemson 31 nothing, why would I didn't want to. But it was a great game. The only reason I would is to watch Joe Burrow. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's why I figured, and I was going to ask you that question. Because I, 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 as much as it's, you know, the whole do you want to lose to the team that won it all or, you know, do I want to deal with SEC fans? I want Joe Burrow to win it all. Yeah. That, that, that was my question was, as – Let's say passionate as the, uh, as that fan base can be. Will they not watch it? Not, will they have to watch him and just cuss and scream a whole Columb- time? Columbus will still market high for ESPN with people watching the game. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, instead of, we got two minutes left. Instead of talking about this, have you guys noticed the past like couple of weeks the world knows that you got the show's coming back with the hillbilly headline oh, yeah. surplus coming through on Twitter? Yeah. No, the joy, we, we've had a lot, we had a lot of, um, Holiday joy rides, like drunk people stealing stuff and having joy rides. It's you guys could do the entire first show just hillbilly yeah. headlines. Here's what happened the last two weeks. Yeah. It's a cosmos, man. It's the the uh, world it knows it. It does. I it happened. That happened in August. Remember when the TV show was almost? We we took a few weeks off, and the TV show was about to come back, and all of a sudden, like the last two weeks of summer. Everybody just went on this redneck rampage all over the world. I'm I saw like, Billy Corbin tweet out a photo of a car in a pool, and the, I forget what the headline was. And I just, yep, Florida man yeah. goes for a dip. It's, my favorite scene in my favorite movie of all time was Cannonball Run when Terry Bradshaw Mel Tillis drove the uh, number one Hawaiian tropic car into the pool. Uh, was, my beard is out of control. That's another. Mine is too. My wife told me last night that under no circumstances was I to fly to New Orleans. She's gone all week. And another circumstance was I was to get on a plane to go to New Orleans on Friday looking like Grizzly Adams. 
Mine is really serious. I mean, it's. I think you guys need to let it grow a little, a little longer. Yeah. I wonder if I could get away with. So I got a lot of TV to make here in the next week. I yep. got like a lot, and I, I'm probably gonna have to at least shape it up a little bit. Oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna do. I'm not. I won't lose it, but I'm definitely going to. Uh, I've definitely got to do some work. Any chance you could let the hair in the back grow where you start to get the kind of mullet where it flips up in the back, McGee? Like last year? Yeah. Yeah. No, when I went to Daytona last year, that might be about as far as I'll ever do the hair again. I just want to prove I could do it. But uh, somebody, a friend of ours, a photographer, Marty, you just work with him, Jorge down in Tampa, he just sent me a picture the other day of the two of us at Daytona in February, and I was like, yeah, that might have been a little out of control. Like that was, that was, that point, the flow was, had overflowed. That <laughs> was overflow. Yeah. <laughs> the overflow valve had broken at that point. Yeah. Uh, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. Well, I just want to prove I could do it at my age, and I did, and it was not gray. And um, there you go. Well, mine's gray. It's going to be a lot more gray in the coming year, I think. By the time Travis and I get to the Masters, I'll probably look like Kenny Rogers. You might need to shave for that, like trim it up for that that event. Yeah, I think they they probably wouldn't go for what I have going on right now. You would not. Be it's as thick gates. as Kenny Rogers's beard. Like it's. Well, there's worse. I wonder things. how Kenny kept his so tamed when it was that long. We should have him on the show. We'll ask him. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere. We can't do that, can we? Ding, 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 no, ding, you can ding, you can sing ding. on uh, the radio show, and if it's the TV show's on radio, you can sing then too. But January seventeenth, yeah, yeah, my wife who studies these things oh, for a living, she said that if we sing it as poorly as we sing it, then we would have a pretty good argument that it wasn't the actual song. And what date did you just say, Marty? <laughs> as, uh, January eighteenth. Okay, yeah. I thought you said the seventeenth. I did not. say the seventeenth. I, uh, January 18th, Marty McGee returns to the Southeastern Conference Network and SEC, that is the same thing, and ESPN Radio, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And one week from today, on January 13th in New Orleans, Louisiana, somewhere, there's going to be a Marty McGee program at some cold, brewer, cold beer brewery or something. We're not 100% sure where it is or what time it's on or who's going to be on the show, but we know that next Monday from New Orleans, uh, the day of the game, we're doing something. You guys are just going to walk into a bar with like one camera, aren't you, and just set up shop? Fine. Well, that's, then that's, that's kind of how we do – yeah. What else is new? Beignets and hand grenades and whatever else is flowing down the hurricanes. Passed out angry Saints fans. Oh, be oh, careful. Be angry today. Uh, thanks for hanging out, son. Appreciate it, boys. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks so much to all of our uh, law enforcement officials keeping our community safe, our firemen, policemen, uh, first responders, everybody, our military members all over the world. It's a little bit of a crazy time right now. So we appreciate all of your hard work and sacrifice to keep us free and living in the best nation. Y'all have a great one. We'll try to do better next time on the Dennis McKinnon. Mm, I think he was 80. Who was 85 on the Bears back then? Happy New Year. <laughs> See y'all.